Welcome to the Roadie Friday Podcast with your hosts, Darren Makins and Jose Escudero. What up? Oh, shit. Yo, look at you with that red hair. Hell yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Look, look, uh, look at all y'all looking so beautiful. I got fucking, look at this hair. Like, I don't even know what's going on. Hey, I, I had to get cleaned up. I, I leave for tour in like nine days. Nine days. My last haircut was on tour. Oh, shit. Yeah. It was in a Treyu's dressing room. <laughs> hey it, it, you gotta do what you gotta do yeah well yeah they brought they brought uh this guy mikey cuts out I, I guess he's like a guy that like you know bands always just bring out and do cuts in like dressing rooms and shit and fantastic cut you can't tell now because it's like all overgrown and shit like i don't even know what's going on the the last u.s bad flower tour uh we had a, a fucking dope ass hairstylist come in and like he did a he did a incredible cut and it was nice and hell yeah yeah then a week later it was already grown in so you know yeah um fellas how you doing i'm doing good i'm doing good day off today so it's been nice do you know where you are i am in uh waterloo new york oh shit are you at the del lago yeah hell yeah that's that's where i did the fuel gig yeah yeah that's <laughs> One you were telling me about. Yeah. Yeah. I'm here. Uh, we got the show tomorrow. Oh, but they put you up the night before. Yeah. That's nice. Hell yeah. yeah it's always nice thing. The same place where the venue is at. Yeah. Yeah. But enough about you. We're not here to fucking talk about you. We're here to talk about uh, <laughs> our, our mutual friend and colleague, Cody. Cody, how are you? I'm, I'm doing well. Thank you. I can't complain. I've uh, enjoyed my finally having uh more than five days at home. I mean, I've been home for about a month and about a week and a half, and uh, I leave in just over a week to go back out. So I'm doing well now. So who you're going back out with this time? Uh, I will be back out with uh, Bad Flower. Bad Flower, sick. Yep, and that'll. So I think the last time we, t- I'm sorry to interrupt you. The last time that we talked, you said that uh, that you were going to be the uh, tour manager as well. Are you t- are you tour managing? Are you LD? Like, what's the situation? Uh, so on this next tour, I am LD and VIP manager. Uh, we got our same tour manager that we had for Europe, and he did a fantastic job. So I'm fine that I get, didn't get TM, but uh, I'm handling mer- or handling VIP and, and lights. So. VIP coordinator. That's rad. Yeah. They they liked how I did it in Europe. So the they're more than willing to let me do it here in the States. So I was like, all right, cool. So you're the one that's putting all together all the awesome laminates and whatnot? Yep. Been making sure all the people get checked in and get their photos and everything signed and all that fun jazz. All fifty-five people per show. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. We had um we after one of the shows on the last tour that I did, we had a there was a drunk driver that actually hit the truck that carried the merch, and like it was it was while we were parked behind the venue, Ooh. so like nobody was in the truck at the time. It was just a drunk driver that hit the truck, and we knew that the merch wasn't going to make it to the next venue until like four p.m., which is when VIP starts. And so like we had to we had to push VIP a little bit and then as soon as we got everything in it was all hands on deck to like 
make all the laminates for the Trinity uh, VIP experience. And it was, uh, it was quite the day. I'll put it that way. Wow. I can imagine that that would be a pain. But let's uh let's set the stage a little bit here. Um Cody, why don't you tell us about uh how you got your 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 start as an LD? Um so I actually got my start as LD. Um it was it was kind of a a last minute and spur of the moment thing. I was out with like a storm at the time and this was 2015. Uh we were playing What were you doing the, with them? Uh I was their merch manager stage manager and also um like vip and stuff like that hell yeah so we didn't have an ld and you know helping with like doing the stage managing stuff um i would go talk to the venue personnel and you know be like hey this is what we're looking for you know during each song and in between each song you know like just do this and kind of follow these colors whatever and we were actually playing at um, the Chameleon Club in uh, Pennsylvania, which is... Fuck yeah. Rest in peace. Yeah. R.I.P. Uh, kind of missed that place. Not going to lie. But we were playing there and uh, I go and talk to like the, the venue stage person. And, and I was like, hey, you know, if we could black out in between each song and do this, you know, like whoever your house LD is. And, and he looks at me and he goes, well, we don't have a house LD. The lights just stay on. And I was like, <laughs> are you serious? And he was like, yep. I was like, good old chameleon club. Yeah. I was like, hey, you know what? Fuck it. Can you show me? Can you show me your, your light board that you have? You know, like show me how to black it out. And, you know, like I'll just black it out in between each song, whatever. You know, it's better than nothing. So he shows me and it, it's this like archaic, like, like four like uh sliders faders and oh yeah and oh it, yeah it was so bad it was just rgb you know like it, it wasn't anything fancy whatever and you know so looking at it this was granted 10 minutes before like a storm goes on stage they're the headlining band. right and i was like all right cool i think i could do this like just black it out at least and then i sat there looking at it and i start playing with it a little bit i was like i'm gonna try and do colors as well you know, and like have fun with it. I'm up there the whole set, so why not have fun yeah, instead it, of just sat there being bored and hitting blackout? And obviously, I had been with like like a storm for about a year at that time, so I knew the song and I knew the set lists, you know, inside and out. So I was able to hit some good cues and all that. And uh, it was like halfway through the set, the the guys on the stage, the band, look up at me, and I'm on the second like second level, looking over the yeah. stage. And they look up at me, look at, they're staring at me. And then they like turn around and look at the lights and then look back up at me and then go back to playing. And they're like, they're really confused. So they do the whole set and then uh, they get off stage. I go to merch, I finish out the night and then pack the trailer and then go back on to the bandwagon. And like they were, they were kind of mad. And I was like, I, I walk on and they're, they're like, why didn't you tell us you knew how to do lights? And I was like, I don't. <laughs> I was like, I literally taught myself five minutes before you went on. And they're like, no, you didn't. I was like, I'm dead serious. They didn't have an LD. I was originally just going to black everything out in between songs and call it good. And then I, you know, risked it. And they're yeah. like, you want to do it tomorrow? 
I was like, fuck yeah, let's do it. They're like, all right, cool. <laughs> so I did it the next day and they're like, all right, you're our new LD as well. So uh, it was honestly just learning on the fly. And-, and they obviously gave you a raise too, right? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, not at all. I had so much on my plate and I wasn't getting paid hardly yeah. anything. But I was still early in my career. So, you know, I had to take what I could get, but yeah, because I can I can uh, commiserate with that because there's a venue in southeastern Pennsylvania that I was running uh, sound for, and the board was like a very old school. I think it was like a songcraft or something like that, but it was just a very very old one, uh, fully analog, and like they didn't have any outboard gear or anything, so it was just kind of it was basically just setting levels. Like it, yeah. it, it, I had a very hard time EQing or anything. And right next to it was on one of those old archaic light boards where like, you know, it had all the faders for the lights. And then it also had a button, which I think the button basically like shut off all the lights except for the one that you press down. And and I had absolutely no idea how to run lights, but I was bored as hell running front of house on this like old ass board. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go over here and start pressing buttons and like letting, you know, just letting a bunch of lights fly around. I ended up getting fired from that gig because I played a, an, an audio slave song and the <laughs> owner of the venue hated uh, Chris Cornell with a burning passion. <laughs> so like in between bands, I played a Chris Cornell song and the owner came up to me and they were like, as soon as you're done the show, you need to fucking leave. I'm like, uh, that's an overreaction. Like I get, you might not like audio slave, but and then I learned later the real reason I was fired. And I'm like, it still sucks. <laughs> Something like that is definitely like a situation, like trial by fire, like learning on the fly. Did you, um, is this something that like, re- like, did you really enjoy it to the point where you decided to like start looking up YouTube videos and actually learning how to run like lighting boards? Uh, yes, actually. Um, even prior to that, like I always, I, I like my visual stuff, you know? So yeah, having toured for, you know, a few years, even prior to starting lights and being a part of music and concerts and all that, like I always thought it was fascinating and really cool. And then actually getting to run it myself, you know, I, I actually fell even more in love with it. And, you know, I, I am a quick learner with stuff I enjoy you know, like, you know, anybody can be. And so it was just like, I picked it up quick and, you know, I understand music, like how it's written and how it flows. Like the pop formula. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. And that's, that's a big part of it because it's, you can hit some good cues on, you know, different sections. So for me, it was super easy and and, uh, I enjoyed it. So yeah, I'm all self-taught. You know, like I'll, we'll play festivals and I'll go and I'll talk to the the other LDs there because they obviously know their shit, especially if they're like with headliner bands and all that. And I, I pick their brain and, you know, try and learn as much as I can. I, you know, never stop trying to learn. And I've been doing that now for years and even we'll go to some venues and I'll talk to the house light guy and it can be hit or miss sometimes they know what they're doing sometimes they don't and right. you know like if they know if they're understanding of what they're doing then yeah i'll pick their brain and see if they know things that i don't you know and and vice versa like we help each other out and it's for me it's it's another form of being an artist and um 
And I do love that. And, you know, I, I could put my own expression on, on what I do. Yeah, that, that's that's one of my favorite parts about LDs and their work is like how they are able to add their own flavor to the show as well. You know, you know, with band approval, of course, but uh, the artistic vision of like what fixtures are used and what they do, what colors they are is like a lot of it comes from the LD and like that's always really fun to, to watch and like talk about with guys like you and uh, Alex Mungles, like another one who's like sometimes like pointed out oh you see how how I have the, the blinders tilted diagonally oh that's like I love that part like stuff like that's always really cool to to hear about yeah yeah and like for us it, it could be even the smallest little thing and like it could set up for a whole like five second like run of lights and that could be my favorite part of the whole show you know, and like, I look forward to that and that makes my whole, whole show, you know, being able to do that. And then everything else is fun. It's small little things. It's, it's enjoyable for me. Yeah. So how much input does the band have or the artist that you're working with rather on, on the light show that you're going to be doing? Because, um, you know, do they just essentially say like, here's the gear, Picasso paint with your brush. Or like, do they say with this song, we want this color and this is the kind of mood that we're trying to set. Um, it, Honestly, it all depends. Uh, I have had a wide range of there's there's bands that very much like are kind of strict on how they want their lights. And then I've had bands that are do whatever you want, you know, like with Bad Flower, um, Josh Katz, he's the lead singer. I'm their first LD. And since the beginning, he's the one that's ran their own lights from on stage. And so he was very much used to being in control and doing all of that. And like talking with him before the first tour I did with them, we were supposed to, you know, get connected and talk about, you know, how he wanted the light show for this tour with AWOL Nation. And we were just using house lights. So it made it a little bit easier, but we didn't end up talking because we both were super busy. And I fly in the first day for the show and meet up with him and and he was like you know do you at least know the songs i was like yeah like that's one thing i do i listen to the songs you know like get a feel for them and he's like all right cool well i have one or two notes that i like everything else do with do how you want to do it and like we'll go from there so the first couple shows he was like really the only thing i don't like is uh have less front light everything else looks great and like exactly how i would do it i was like cool perfect like less front light. That's that's simple. Like I could easily, you know, do that. Um, and then it's just it's great and, getting easy feedback. Exactly. And I told him, I was like, be picky, you know, like this is obviously your show as well. And then, you know, like with Scott Stapp, he just likes beams, you know, like he likes very beamy looks. So that's easy. Hinder, we have our own floor package, and I just mimic and add accents to that with house lights seven dust i mean we i did time code um the first two tours and then the this last tour that we did the new year's run um it was just house lights and kind of went off of how the other songs were for the first two tours and just did my own thing and yeah it all kind of just depends um some are picky some aren't at the beginning of a tour or um, do, do you have like a pre-production schedule or something like that where you're actually working with the time code of the show? Uh, do the bands forward you the set list so that way you can start writing scenes or anything like that? Um, so for me, I don't really use time code. Um, I do everything on the fly. 
Okay. Um, so, I mean, I can, you know, create cues or whatever, but mostly I've been using a lot of um, house venue stuff. Um, so I just program it day of show um, and program movements and positions and um, cues and all that. Uh, but they will send me like their set list. And so I'll, I'll put it in my whatever app I'm using to listen to music. I'll put it in order and I'll, I'll have that on repeat for days, you know, and helps me get to know what I want, like get a feel of how I want to do things. So then like, you know, obviously bad flower and bands like seven dust and Scott Stapp, you know, for a fact that they're, you know, for a fact that Scott Stapp is going to play higher. Do you basically do the same thing tour to tour or do you try to change it up every tour? Honestly, it depends. So with like bad flower, there's a song called stalker and that, I, that's one of my favorite songs to do lights for just because I get to go absolutely insane. So that kind of stays the same. It also depends on, you know, if I'm only using house lights, what I have to work with. So, but usually the base of the lights are going to stay the same unless I'm like, you know, I don't like this look, you know, color wise or position. So I'll, I'll mark it down and I'll be like, change it to whatever, whatever I'm thinking at that time for the next show. Cause you know, it's, it's harder to do it in the middle of the song. So I'll just, I'll mark it down. I take notes and, you know, update how I like it. Or if the band gives me notes, how they like it. I, d- I actually, it just hit me in the middle of that last question. I was like, all of our episodes have seemed like conversations, but this one's like a fucking interview because like, <laughs> you know, running lights is the one thing that I just, I have the one time that I ran front of house for, a venue near me that was the only time i've ever had anything to do with lights and so like that whole world just fascinates me because it's something that i don't understand yeah and if i if i don't understand something like it starts picking at me to the point where i have to fucking learn about it even if i never do it on a tour i i at least want to be able to explain to somebody like how do they get the lights to do that and then i just get to throw in the word dmx somewhere and then somebody's like oh you mean the rapper and that's absolutely not that's not what i'm talking about (laughs) whatsoever but it's just it's fascinating as hell see it i like uh, i I love talking about it you know because for me, like I said, I'm still learning every day, you know, and um, yeah, I take pride in it and I enjoy being able to explain to people. Yeah. And I'm not even trying to say that we're on like any kind of pedestal or like anything like that. But I feel like even people on our level, I don't want to stop learning. The day that you stop learning is the day that you stop getting phone calls that's the day that you stop getting better like me as a guitar tech you as an ld jose is an ld <laughs> jesus christ jose <laughs> yeah jose yeah, as, as a, a guitar tech yeah like the day that you stop asking questions and the day that you're just like you think you're the shit is like uh, that to me that's the day that feel as though i've given up because i always want to strive to be a better guitar tech oh exactly and i mean that i i feel that too and I, I know there's so much for me to learn yet, you know, like all of the stuff, you know, the amount of different councils and, and all that and, and all of that. Cause I want to actually start getting into uh, lasers and um, lasers. In- incorporating them and bad flowers down for that. So like that could be coming soon. 
Um, also want to incorporate cryo and like I have to go and take classes to do lasers, you know? And, and yeah, you need, cause you need a, you need a license, right? Correct. Yeah. Uh, need a license for it and all that. So, you know, I'm willing to go through that and learn all this new stuff. Cause that would be incredible for me. So yeah. would pyro be in your realm as well? Oh God. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, don't even get me started. Ready to set some shit on fire. Uh, yeah. If I could Fuck incorporate yeah. pyro into every show, I would in a heartbeat. Every song. Just every <laughs> Yeah. It would, it would Listen. be constant. Listen, we did, uh, when I was out with Ice Nine, we did, uh, our Thanks Killing show, which is a yearly show that Ice Nine does in their home in Massachusetts. And this year was the, this, this was the first time that they had ever played a set with Pyro. And it was every song. There might have been like two <laughs> songs that didn't have Pyro. And like, so I met up with the guy that was running the Pyro for that show and I had a highlighter on me and I was like, okay, so tell me what songs there's going to be Pyro so I don't run out on stage and die. And <laughs> he was he was like, uh, this one and this one and this one and this one. And then as soon as I'm done, I just showed him the sheet and it's all yellow. And I'm just like, so everything, there's going to be Pyro all the time. And he's like, yeah, but we have the stage marked. So if you like stay outside of the marks, like you're fine. And it was, it was so like the show was so badass. And yeah, I don't know where I was going with that, but it was Sounds such like an, an awesome expensive show too. Cause Pyro, Pyro is not cheap. Pyro is not cheap at all. The, the figure that I heard for that one show was 30 grand. Oh, easily. So they, they, uh, I, I'm not privy to the type of, uh, guarantees that Ice Nine makes. So don't take this as me knowing how much Ice Nine makes on tour, but I'm assuming that show they essentially did for free. Like everything they brought in, they just spent on pyro. Yeah. <laughs> More than likely. And I mean, cause it's like back in 2019 when I did uh, an arena tour, the headline band had pyro and they used it tastefully. They didn't like use it every song. But I mean, that probably cost them twenty to thirty thousand dollars for the amount of pyro that they used, and it was, you know, maybe a fifth of the set list. You know, they had more concussions and all that, but yeah, it's probably about thirty k per show. If your if your guarantees like one million one point five, like if you're an arena show band or something like that, like a, a, an arena arena band, it's just a drop in the bucket. Fuck it, exactly. let's add some flames. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> And that's, that's what I'm hoping. I'm like, all right, give me like two years to, you know, get pyro down too. And I, you know, I could add that to my resume because I would love to, you know, but there's a lot that goes into it. Yeah. Hell yeah. Let's get, let's get lasers and cryo down first. And <laughs> exactly. I'm, I'm, I got to work my way up. You know, I don't want to jump in over okay. my head. So another thing that, um, and, and I don't know if this might be like a whole topic or this just might be a, uh, a thing where you're like, no, that's not how it fucking works, you idiot. But um, the thing, the phrase that I hear a lot is like creating scenes uh, in shows, uh, especially for boards and stuff. That's that's what I mean. If you create a scene on like one specific board, uh, I'm, my understanding is that it doesn't like translate to a, a, a another board. But I could absolutely be wrong. But so like, if you create like movements or anything like that for one board, and then you have it stored on your flash drive, and you go to a next board, like, are you just fucked? Or so yeah. Uh so say I, I create uh, 
you know, a, a We're scene. getting technical, by the way. <laughs> in case, you know, like I, I create a scene on like a Ava Lights board. It doesn't transfer to an MA or a hog, you know, like I can take it to another Avo board and more than likely it'll still work. Um, and the same thing with MAs, like, because they're, the boards are all written differently. You know, it's, there's different processes to create a, a function or a movement or a, a cue uh, with each board type. So there's times where, you know, LDs will write a show for three different styles of boards, ABO, MA, maybe hog or um, something like that, you know, and have all three shows on one flash drive and then load the correct one. And so like, if you're just looking at a light show, are you able to tell what kind of, cause I know that there's a lot of front of house engineers that can just listen to a mix and I don't, I don't know how they do it and I don't understand it, but they'll instantly be like, Oh, uh, this is an X, this sounds like an X 32. And I'm like, how the fuck do you know that? Like, so like if you look at a light show, are you able to tell what kind of uh, like what kind of board they're running? Um, I'm sure that there are ways, but because with the light fixtures, you know, they're they're all going to kind of do the same thing for every board. There might be one or two movements that one board can create easily rather than the other boards. But as far as the, yeah, as far as the show is concerned, they all look the same really on stage. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, like you could have a yellow button on MA, AVO and hog and press it. And the stage lights are all going to go to that same yellow, no matter what board. So it's, it's more, it's harder to be able to tell. In the, in the world of lighting, what's a universe? Cause that's another word I hear, I hear thrown around. It's like the universes and whatnot. Okay. So a universe, <laughs> <laughs> we're getting super technical. Yeah. Fuck it. Let's go. So each lighting fixture. So we're going to take like a, um, an MK1 spot by, it's I a, know them. A, yeah. It's a massive yeah. spot. Yeah. They're the ones that go on top of our towers on seven desks. Yes. Yeah. It's a, it's a moving head spotlight that changes colors, gobos, pans, tilts, circles, does all that. It's a, it's a, it's a bigger moving head. So that one that has, there's like three different channel modes. There's like a 16, 24, and like 32 channel modes that you could preset on it. So in a universe, there's like 501 channels. So when you are, uh, Darren's face right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, part of it was because there's a helicopter above my house right now and I'm confused. Um, but then like, so I left the conversation for like a second, but then I, I re-entered the conversation and I just hear 501 channels. And the fact that, um, like I sometimes run front of house and stuff like that, like I just 501 channels, like I started panicking. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's why, because like when you are updating these, so the MK1 spot, we will call it a fixture um, when we put it into a universe. So say I'm going to run it on the 32 channel mode. So in that universe, it is going to take 32 of those 501 channels. So say I have 10 MK1 spots. That's 320 channels out of 501 and like a, a board could have 
anywhere between two and like eight universes. So you can have a lot of freaking lights. Um, but when you're updating these fixtures, you fill up this universe with the channel numbers. Um, and that's just a way for so it to condense everything to send data from the board into the lights. Yeah. So each universe is kind of like a preset of what fixtures you're going to use at that moment. Correct. Yes. Okay. Got it. Yeah. I'm an LD now, as, <laughs> Darren, as Darren mentioned earlier. <laughs> you can do it. I believe. Tomorrow I'll be shooting fire from stage. Oh, please. I want videos. <laughs> uh, the last I remember, the Del Lago doesn't allow uh, pyro. And y- you might find this interesting. Uh, the last time I was at Del Lago, they had this like, they had this line on the floor. And basically they were saying, like, because that's where I had, uh, I was working for Fuel for, for that one off show. And ba- that's where I put all the pedal boards. And they were just, uh, they were just like, they can't live here. And it's like, what? And they were like, this is the, uh, it's a fire code thing. And like, if the building were to catch on fire, this curtain closes and there can't be anything in the way. And so I was like, okay, but if I move it back, it looks dumb. And if I move it forward, somebody's falling off stage. So I don't know what you want me to do. And yeah, I don't know where I was going with that either, but Um, um, yeah, no, I'll just like apologize after. Yeah, it's better to ask for forgiveness than for permission. I tried, but they did a fire marshal walkthrough, but like after the band did sound check and before the show. That's why you just follow them as they walk out and just move everything back. Or in Jose's case, doing pyro tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> End of the show. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know if you answered this earlier, but what is it? Uh, you know, we, we, we got, we got our nerd session out, you know, but Cody Carlton, I want to talk about you. So like, <laughs> hell what yeah. exactly? Uh, <laughs> hell yeah, girl. Hell so yeah, what exactly? What exactly about being an LD? Like, what is it that drew you to it? Because, you know, as, uh, uh, I'm I'm not only a guitar tech, but I'm also a musician. And the, what drew me to being a guitar tech was the fact that I've, oh fuck, this phrase is going to hurt to say, but the fact that I've been playing guitar for 30 years, like that's the, I know it hurts so much to say, but like that's that's what drew it to me. Ultimately, is because I love the guitar, I love the instrument, I love everything about it. So, what is it about doing lights that really drew you to it? Uh, well, first I'm going to say you've been playing uh, guitar for almost as long as I've been alive. Yeah, I know. So for me doing lights, because I like I'm also a vocalist, you know, so I'm yes. a musician in my own right. And I, I'm very much a, a visual person. I enjoy visuals, um, and and being able to do lights is it, it's it's part of the whole show in total. Where I put my spin on my aspect, where the front of house puts their spin on their aspect. The band does their whole thing. You know, we have the guitar techs, the drum techs, and monitor techs. Like we all do our our own thing to make it a whole and being able to add my own spice into it is fulfilling and you know because i know people are enjoying it you know whether it's even just one person in the crowd that looks up and goes damn these lights look good like 
cool. I'm happy, you know, and especially if the band is like, Hey, the lights are fucking great, but cool. I'm happy. I'm, I'm doing my job, but I'm loving what I'm doing to get to it. You know, it, it's fulfilling. I guess it's the big thing because it's, it's fulfilling. Yeah. I get, I get the same feeling when like the end of the, sh- like, obviously I'm not the one that's on stage performing, but like you hear the crowd at the end of the night crowd just enjoyed a really great show. And that, that gives me part of my dopamine rush for the day is feeling like I was a part of that experience, that I was a part of giving the fans the, this experience of going to see their favorite band and you, you left your stamp. You are, you were a part of the show. Yeah, very much so. And I mean, the, one of the latest ones that like, like really like made me feel good is it was on, uh, it was the seven dust tour and we played what festival louder than life yeah in louisville uh we we played at 4 p.m it's a daytime show and i we don't bring our own council to it whatever you know i use the festival's house board and the festival's punt page and i made my adjustments to it whatever and we go on at 4 p.m when the sun is still out and i played i did it like it was a nighttime show like it doesn't stop me and I had ended up having a handful of the other bands LDs watching me. And then the festival house LD came up to me and he said, dude, you just, you set the precedent for the whole day during a daytime show, you know, like it, he was blown away. And I was like, Hey, like, thank you. Like that makes me feel really Fuck good. Yeah. You know, yeah, was, that's pretty cool. I, I was, I remember you telling me that too. Like while we, when we were there, I, I was so pumped. I was like, Shit, I mean, I wasn't trying to go that that far, you know. I was doing what I do and having fun, and you know, for four p.m. slot, I expected not a lot, you know. And but I still treat it like a nighttime show. And he was like, "That was incredible." I was like, "Cool, thanks." (laughs) If if you can make that kind of a statement at a four p.m. festival slot, like you're the queen of the universe at this point, Cody. As far as I'm concerned. (laughs) Damn right. I was I was all giddy and I was all happy after that. I was like, cool. Like I personally didn't think it was anything special. You know, I was just doing what I do every day, you know. And but that was the thing, you know, people were like that was that was awesome. That looked great. And I was I appreciate that. Fuck yeah. And especially if it's coming from other LDs, you know, real recognizes real. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> I love these awkward silences. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's because like I'm like listening back to old episodes. I'm so self-conscious about the fact that I like like I, I, I feel like I'm overbearing and talking a lot. And so like I'm I'm trying a bit more to leave a bit more room for Jose. Yeah, Jose Jose's a quiet guy. Yeah, Jose's quiet. Yeah, if he wants to talk, he'll bust down that door like the Kool-Aid man. Yeah. Darren's a quiet guy too. <laughs> Podcast format is perfect for two quiet dudes to be hosting. <laughs> exactly. And I'm not um, quiet. That's for damn sure. <laughs> Absolutely not. Touring for a living is definitely a unique lifestyle um, to say the least, really. What, what is, what is your favorite aspect of it and what's your least favorite aspect of it? Um, honestly, my favorite aspect is being able to travel around and go to places that I wouldn't normally go to and experience different things like i just went to europe for the first time uh last year end of last year Um, yeah i saw you there yeah i ran into jose (laughs) randomly the the most random spot ever you know it was i think jose told me this story 
Yeah. Yeah. Like it blew my mind. And I was like, I'm halfway across the world on the other side from where we live. And, you know, I see one of my best friends. I was like, no shit. You know, and it was, (laughs) and it was so cool. And, but, but that's the thing is like getting to travel everywhere and, and, and see the different things. And, um, I mean, in Europe, I did a lot of tour stuff. You know, I saw the Eiffel Tower. I touched the Berlin Wall, saw Big Ben. But then I also did a lot of the local things. Like that was my big thing that I was going for is go to the local bars, go to the local like food. I don't like I had McDonald's once because I had to try it to see the difference between the US and UK and UK is better. Um, Of course it is. But like, but getting to do that, even in the States, you know, going to, I've been to all 50 States already, you know, that's most people don't get out of their home state. And the fact of I hit the 50th state when I was 24, 23. That's rad. You know, that's, that's massive. That's pretty um, safe. And then on top of traveling, I get to listen to music. I, I, I love music, you know, and music is incredible. The, the part that I hate about touring is, is like being gone and missing different occasions, whether it's like weddings and birthdays and, and, and family. I know that full blown because I'm missing your wedding. And I was so heartbroken when I found out about that. I know. And it, and it happens, you know, and, and we both knew going into it, inviting a lot of the, the inviting roadies. Yeah. Not all of us are going to make it. Yeah. Yeah. Inviting the roadies and musicians. It's, you know, it's bound to happen, you know? And so we're, we're more prepared and, understanding of it than you know i do think a lot of people are but you know that doesn't you know we don't hold it against you it's like trust me i've had to miss weddings i've had to miss funerals and all that you know like it's hard Um, yeah like that's like that's one of the most interesting things it's like it's it's probably one of the main things we all understand about each other yet it doesn't really make it any easier (laughs) <laughs> it really does it, you know, and you might not know what one person is missing per tour, you know, and yeah, it's touring is, is hard because if you get sick on tour, you don't get sick days, you yeah. know, like still got to do your job. Yeah. You don't really take vacation days. You know, you can't take a week off to go to a wedding unless you're able to get it covered. And right now it's hard. It's hard to do that, you know, find anybody that can do what you do, like, especially if you hold multiple hats, you know, and yeah. say you hold three positions and if you need to be gone, you have to find somebody that also can do all three of those things. And because the bus might be full, you only have room for one person, you know, I know I had to, uh, I have a gig in December that I have to find well, had to find coverage for. I've gotten an agreement in principle, but I've got a, I've got to, uh, yeah, Jose, go ahead and smirk. But <laughs> <laughs> I may have heard about this. But um, oh, uh, I'll cut this part out. I lied. It's not. <laughs> oh, that's okay. Oh no, that sucks. <laughs> you know what? You know what? You know what? We should do like instead of cutting, like let's just beep. Like I love the beeping, right? <laughs> 
Dude, I got I got so many texts like the last episode where we had like Jose and I were talking a lot of shit about a bunch of shit. And like it was just it was just nothing but beeps. And there's another pod uh you guys watch SpongeBob, right? Or yes. watch SpongeBob growing yes. up. Well, I mean, it's been like I still do. <laughs> it's but, been a while. Uh, but yes. But whenever uh do you remember the sentence enhancer episode whenever somebody curses it was dolphin noises? The dolphins. Oh. That, that's what I do for their podcast when they curse. Well, cause no, I, I don't I wasn't sure if, if you swear on here or not. No, nope. say whatever the fuck you want. All right, fuck yeah. All right, cool. Well that's because I know I dropped the F bomb a few times already, and then I was like, oops, you know, and <laughs> Uh, that's just me. I've done radio interviews and they're like, yeah. don't swear, don't swear. And I'm like, that is the hardest fucking thing for me to do is not fucking swear. <laughs> Cause it's just like, it, that sounds so bad, but you know, it's how I talk, you know, whatever. Like that's how I am naturally too. If you tell me not to do something, it's literally the first thing that I want to do. <laughs> yeah. It's human nature. Like you, you're told not to touch something and you're like, I want to fucking touch that now. Like, yeah. Like that is what I'm going to do. That is my main goal until I finish that. I want to touch it. Cause I can't. <laughs> oh my God. I had a question and it just went away. I have a question. Yeah. Go uh, for it. Are, uh, are you, are we going on tour together in May? Uh, nobody has asked me. Oh, oh, but also the issue is I'm booked part of that tour already uh, towards the end. Uh, I'm, I, I've gotten dates half the year already. I'm, I'm at, fully booked for the year. Lucky. Good. And it's, it's the whole time it's one gig. <laughs> hey, I, that's not a bad thing though. You know, that's pretty sick. Cause then I mean, like it, you, you know, it's there. I, I I feel like I'm bragging whenever I mention it, but like, you know, I'm soaking in all the home time that I can. And between I leave mid March and from mid March until late June, I'm going to be in four different continents. Damn. I know. Sick. And I, I just, uh, I'm I'm filing like paperwork for visas for each diff like a lot of different countries because like and part of my NDA is like I I, I there's a lot that I can't talk about but like so I don't even want to say what countries I'm going to but like this country requires has a different requirement than this country and this and so it's our tour managers just like sending us daily up updates of like okay guys so for this country i need this and i need this and you need to take a picture of yourself holding two pop tarts and it's like what like yeah. uh, <laughs> there there's a lot that goes into going to some places it's crazy but yeah, like fuck it, I'm ready to go. Like let's let's do it. Yeah. Well, and like the the May tour. So my first show is May 18th in Florida. But are these tours announced yet? Uh no. I know yet. one is. Okay. Not okay. The the one Jose asked about has been announced. The one I'm talking about that I'm already booked on is not. But that's from 518 to 617 and ends in Canada. So, I mean, I'd have to miss the last few shows and it's a shorter run that the seven dust altar bridge is. Hell yeah. So I, I mean, like if they want, I can fit it in like easily, but I'd have to miss, you know, a couple shows. Yeah. We'll see. 
that 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 tour is also just ten shows, so it's a short yeah, one. It's a short one. That because I did see that when it got announced. So like, Jose is doing double duty for it. Nobody asked me, so I don't think I am. Um, which is it's fine, but double duty, Jose. You're going to do thirty guitars for that tour. Uh, I I'm not going to comment on that. <laughs> <laughs> I believe in you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, wishing you much strength, Jose. No, we'll we'll see what happens. Because that, oh yeah, because that has uh, "Welcome to Rockville" on it, doesn't it? It does. Yeah, that's the last show. Ooh, hold on. Let me pull it. You could. Uh oh. Are we comparing master tours? Uh, <laughs> kind of. I can't remember if I'm on this. Um, I'm there on. On. Oh wait, did you? So you are going? Did we just uh, find out? Well, no, I'm at. I'm oh, at I see. Welcome you're at the, the, you're at the festival. Okay, I see. Yes, with this band. Sick. And I'll, I'll, I'll tr- cut out the day of the week too, so that way people can't try and figure out what it is. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's easy to figure out who I'm going out with. I'm sorry, beeps or dolphin noises? <laughs> uh, dolphin no, noises. Beeps. No beeps. Actually, uh, fine. actually, we can mix it up. Just yeah. like throw both of them. And just yeah, hell yeah. Because. <laughs> Uh, Seven Dust isn't on it. It's only Alter Bridge, right? It's just Alter Bridge, yeah. Oh, well, then you get to take a half a day for that day. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, because Alter Bridge is there on Saturday. I'm there on. Uh, just missing each other. Yeah. That's how it usually goes. That's how it always goes. It's sad. Unless you're in Nottingham with like. <laughs> <laughs> no planning whatsoever. Exactly. And you're staying at the hotel right across, across the, street the street from the venue. It's not Europe, but Cody and I had a had a similar situation in Tulsa a few months ago. Yes. Uh, that was the same tour, same tour. When it, when I was on a when I was on working for Ice Nine and I saw that you checked into Kane's ballroom and I was like, Tulsa, cut are you a Tulsa? And so then I just got on my phone and messaged you and you were like, hell yeah, girl. And I'm like, shit, I'm a half mile away. Yeah. I was like, what's the chance? I like, I love that shit. Like, fuck. Yeah. I don't get, I don't get me wrong. I try to, you know, see if I'm intersecting with other people, but like the days off are hard. Cause you usually don't know early and it gets tiring. So like I try and see where people are. You know, yeah. on my days off, and well, I don't even. There's a there's a lot of like, I have a lot of, as you do in this industry, you have a lot of friends that live in different cities and stuff like that, and I don't even think of the people that live in the town that I'm currently in until the day that I'm there. Like, I have friends that live in Nashville, and the last time I was in Nashville, I started hitting people up around 3 p.m. and I was like, "Hey, what are you doing today?" And you know, it's like, we're we're in our thirties, dude. Like you can't just hit me up day of and say, let's hang out. Like that's, that's not a thing at our stage in life. Uh, it totally is a thing. It is a thing. I mean, that's how we run well, yeah, our for lives. You, Jose. <laughs> for you, Jose. But like, you know, if, if I got to do something, I got to find coverage for my dogs and it's dogs are like kids. <laughs> they are. They are. And I, at least you think of your friends like the day that you're there. I always remember the day after <laughs> or like 10 PM. I'm like, Oh shit. Sorry. Hey, whoops. 
No, I remember. I remember that. Like, because uh, you announced your European tour, and then Dan Michi uh, announced the European tour, and I was like, I'm gonna be in Europe. So at first, I st- I started like looking up, like, where are we gonna, where are we gonna cross paths? But <laughs> keeping track of three tours at the same time is like not very easy. So I just kind of stopped <laughs> until it's- it just randomly <laughs> happened. It's so hard. And like, I think Master Tour needs to have a thing where like, I can, you know, take your schedule, Jose, and then take your schedule, Darren, and then overlap it with mine. And like, that would make life so much easier. Or we could just end up in the same tour together again. I mean, that too. That would be the better, better option. That'd be pretty cool. Because, you know... I, I love the fuck out of both of you guys. And I like it's that's 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 the thing that I love about tour. But I also hate about tour is the fact that like, you know, you get such a close connection with everybody that you're touring with. And then like you're sitting there on the last day of tour and it's like the crews from the other bands. It's all like we're never going to do this again. And it's it, it it's like that last day of high school feeling. But like you get it every three months or so. Oh, very much so. And I mean, like, it, it's it's hard to, you know, just go and see those friends because you're both in the industry. You're both on the road. Yeah, the chances know? that you're home are <laughs> like so slim. Yeah, you know, and like uh, the end of last year, I was on the road for seven months. Like, yeah. the longest I was home was five days. Yeah, because like you told me about your schedule and like just hearing about it made me tired. Yeah, and that included Europe, you know, and and then I get home from Europe like two days before Christmas. I'm home for Christmas and fly out the next day to the do next the, day, yeah, literally the next day, you know, to go do the seven days New Year's run. Which don't get me wrong, I love it. Like I love what I do, but it's exhausting and it's it's hard to to see anybody, you know, let alone even you know see my husband as he tours as well you know like it's it's rough sometimes yeah so i can cut this whole part out if 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 this isn't something that that you want to cover cody but but the fact that you did reference jack in in this last part um so like have you have you faced uh any difficulties uh you know, being a being a member of the LGBTQ movement, um, have you faced any any difficulties or anything like that in the industry? Um, I would like to say one hundred percent no, but ninety nine percent no. There's you know been you know one issue that you don't been have to res- say names. You don't have to anything. We're all trying to protect our jobs. Yeah, and like it's been resolved. Like it's 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 good. It's moved on. It's moved past. Like cool it's done it over whatever but in all honesty not really you know like it's everybody's been very accepting and and all of that so i mean that's been the nice thing um and i i I definitely know when i first started touring 10 years ago i was very much more quiet about it but nowadays like i don't i don't care i don't get me wrong i'm not out there you know yelling it but it's you know, if somebody asks, I tell them. I'm not afraid to tell them. Um, I don't try and hide it. Hell yeah, because I, I think it, like I was, and this might sound a little stereotypical or anything like that, but you, you, you didn't. Oh man, you didn't. Uh, <laughs> say it, say it. You weren't flamboyant. 
And so like when you told me, I was like, huh. And, and like, I, I, I obviously love the fuck out of you. And so, um, I, I just, I just kind of said like, oh, I'm one of the gayest straight men you'll ever meet in your entire life. <laughs> and you just went, hell yeah, girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's, so I can honestly tell you the amount of times, like I've come out to somebody and they're like, wait, you are, they're yeah. like, you don't, you don't seem gay at all. And like, Yes, I can understand how it, it could be stereotypical, but, you know, it happens, whatever. I don't take offense to it. And, you know, it's, I, but that's, that's who I am. I'm very much, you know, more straight acting than, you know, say feminine acting. Um, but it's just who I am. You do love your Gucci sunglasses, though. Oh, goddamn right. They're, I do they it. They are Versace. They are Versace. Versace? They're Versace. They're my Versaces and Puma shoes. That's what I go for. (laughs) Styling and profiling. Hell yeah. I got to walk in there looking fine as hell. (laughs) (laughs) Jose, do you have anything else? Have you? uh, I mean, we'll probably have to cut all of this out, but... We just talked some very top secret shit. Yeah, you some can't extremely know. top secret shit. So you might hear a drum break or something in there, but uh, because <laughs> that's that's part of that, like part of why I also love this gig is like the gossip, you know, like like yo, do you heard this guy from this band's an asshole? And everybody's like, yeah, everybody fucking knows that. And I'm like, why did nobody tell me? Like, uh huh. Yeah, I've dealt with that. I've dealt with that a few times, but. The majority have been wonderful. There's some that I refuse to tour with and are, are actually blacklisted by me by contract. So like Outstanding. whatever with whatever band I'm with. And like there's like one specific one, but they are blacklisted by like everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just trapped. It's fine. No, it's not even trapped. <laughs> It's oh, not even God. crap. Oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, outstanding. I can just sit around and gossip with y'all for like hours. Man, I'm, <laughs> I, I can't wait to listen to this episode and see how much of this actually makes it on. <laughs> Because <laughs> Darren's gonna have to like cut. Yeah, we talked a lot of shit. <laughs> Hell yeah! Well, I mean, it's to me this is this is a. It doesn't feel like a podcast. This just feels like when we were all three on tour together and just sat around talking and hanging out. That's what I wanted it to be. I, I want. I wanted. Uh, I don't know about Jose. Uh, I know Jose has shared some some projects more or less that he would like to do with this podcast but essentially i just wanted this to be the conversations that we're having on the bus you know uh, i wanted the listener to be able to listen to like what we talk about on the bus uh and you know unfortunately there's some things that we can't share but yep you know fucking uh it's what puts them on the edge of their seats it's like oh what yeah, are they like, saying because oh, they want to know it's like i said like human nature they want to know yeah, like the last episode, I beeped out a bunch of tours that I've had to turn down because I'm already booked for this current year. 
And like everybody wants to know, my brother texted me, and I'm like, "Sorry, fam, can't tell you." Uh-huh. But uh, I do actually, I do actually have one more thing that we can talk about uh, briefly, and then uh, and then I'll I'll let y'all go. But like, if, if somebody wanted to be an LD, and I'm trying to establish a common thread throughout this, so if somebody wanted to be an LD, what's your advice? Uh, so honestly, actually, what I tell people is I say, try and get a job at their local venue. There it is. Get hands on that. There it is. That's the big thing. Um, also, funny story with this, um, with with Bad Flower on the this last U.S. tour. There was this mom and her daughter that went to fuck like nine shows. I swear to God. Um, and the daughter wants to be a roadie. So she cared more about watching what we did than like even meeting the band, you know, the fuck. Yeah. The end of the show, um, we were in Albuquerque. I think it was Albuquerque and we had to load out outside. And so obviously there was a few fans that were like standing, waiting for the band and this mom and her daughter, and the daughter is like 15, 16. So she's still younger, whatever. And, but she was more interested watching us pack up all of the gear, like how we do it and then pack the trailer. And like the band walked by and she didn't bat an eye and, you know, security had come up to me and they're like, Hey, do you want, you know, these people gone? And I looked over and it was the mom and daughter. I was like, no, they're fine. Like, like literally she's watching what we do. You know, she's trying to learn. Um, and and afterwards I went and talked to him because I'd seen him for multiple shows in a row and they're, they're both very friendly and very nice people. And, uh, um, the security guard came up after me or after like they had went, um, and he was like, like, that was so nice of you. And I was like, she's just trying to learn, you know, like I'll help try and give her as much pointers as I can, you know? And, you know, that's, that's awesome to have more people in this industry that want to learn and do things. And, and in all honesty, we're, we're short on people in this industry. Now, um, a lot of people have, have retired and found more reliable jobs, especially when, you know, everything shut down, you know, and touring couldn't happen. Um, but yeah, so it was like, yeah, she went to like nine shows to really watch the crew. You know, like she enjoyed the show, like musically, but she wanted to learn as much as she could. I was like, that's fucking dope. Like, good on you. Fuck yeah. And, and, and to, uh, to give the person the too long didn't read version, go find your local venue, go get a job as a stage hand, you know, help plug in some cables, run some coffee, be, be a runner, you know, do whatever you can do to get into your local venue. As soon as you get into the local venue, uh, become a sponge learn absorb literally everything that you can uh and then you know network with the local crews that are coming through you know um just talk to people be a human being be nice be professional be approachable um obviously uh i think we talked about this a little bit uh when we had zach Mosier from papa roach on a papa roach crew member and he was like, you know, read the room, though. If we're having a bad day, that's not the day to be like, hey, so how do you like I'm more than happy to talk to people on most days. But if I don't get my mental health walk for that day, it might not be uh, 
that might not be a good day to come up to me and be like, so let's say the next bent a little bit. Like, what would you do? And it's like, fucking trust rod. Stop bothering me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, that is the thing is it, it is a big thing is read the room, you know, like, don't get me wrong. We have bad days too. Don't take it personally. You know, it's, it is more known for us to have bad days because we're living in a sardine can for however fucking long with the same people, you know, like it's bound to happen, but don't take it personally, but yeah, ask questions. Yeah. And honestly, like, uh, I guess like a good thing would be like, just like stick with the roadie that has the job that you're most interested in. Cause like in most cases, they'll be happy to like share what they're doing and like just talk through everything they're doing. Like I, I love, I love talking about my job. And if anybody wants to become a guitar tech, just like, honestly, just hang out with me for a show. I'll just like talk through everything I'm doing. Exactly. And I mean, it, it's kind of like flipped on the seven dust run. Um, the New Year's run, we did the uh, Illinois show and the, the house LD was like the owner, but he had like taught himself how to LD and it like was more of a novice. And so, I mean, I rewrote him a whole show that he could use for any band, you know, um, and he liked it and, you know, wants to stay in touch and have me come down there and do shows. But like, it's networking, you know, it's, and I showed them how to do it. And, you know, people appreciate that. Uh, yeah. So don't be afraid to ask questions. Fuck. Yeah. I can't think of a better way to end this. Um, you know, besides the normal question that I ask Jose, <laughs> Wait, am I, am I, am I the one freezing or is everybody else freezing? Oh, we're waiting for you to answer the question. Yeah. We're waiting for you to answer. I don't know. What oh, question. Yeah. Cause I didn't, I didn't even hear the question, but I kind of already know what the question is. And the answer is it's a, uh, it's my day off. That's what day it is. It's my day <laughs> off. And there's a, this is a, so that's that's what today is. Jesus Christ. All right. I love the fuck out of both you guys. Uh, take care. I'll catch up with you guys soon. Yeah, I have one last thing to say. Yeah. Hell yeah, girl. Hell yeah, girl. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Roadie Friday podcast. Have a question or an idea? Email us at roadyfridaypod at gmail.com. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Theme music by Ricky Armelino. Editing and production by Darren Makins.